Hi, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. My name is Isabel Ross, and I'm the coach at Peak Endurance Coaching. This podcast is the third in a series on the different physical therapies that runners can use to help keep them running. Today, I'm talking to Stuart Hines, a leading Australian soft tissue therapist with over 27 years' experience in professional practice. He regularly lectures on remedial soft tissue therapies and is internationally recognised for his work with the Australian Olympic team, Sydney 2000, Athens 2004, Beijing 2008 and London 2012. Stuart has pioneered his own techniques for treating hip pain and dysfunction and regularly publishes articles in local and international industry journals and mainstream publications relating to soft tissue treatments and musculoskeletal dysfunction. A lot of hard to pronounce words. In 2016, Stuart was awarded a lifetime membership with Massage and My Therapy Australia for his significant support and contribution to the industry. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and get a lot out of it. Okay. Hi, Stu, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Thanks as well. Thank you for uh, thank you for inviting me. That's very kind of you. <laughs> um, now, can you give um, my listeners a bit of? Uh, I've given I've told them a little bit about you, but can mm-hmm. you give them a bit of a background on on how you got into massage and what you're doing and and that sort of thing? Yeah. Well, I mean, originally when I left school, I was actually a bit, I was a fitter and turner in another life. That was oh, many okay. Years. Yeah. So. It was quite strange, but um, yeah. look, the way I found my way into soft tissue work was, I, well, actually, I was a cyclist, uh, believe it or not, yeah. and um, uh, one of those mad road cyclists. And yeah. then I developed a knee injury, as as most cyclists do, either knee yes, or something else. Yes, I had that, yeah. Yep. And um, I was trying to get on top of this knee injury because I was actually racing at the time, and yeah. I wasn't having much luck. I'd seen a couple of... Um, a couple of practitioners, a couple of physios, and not that I'm bagging physios because some of my closest friends are physios, but um, <laughs> just didn't have any luck. And then um, someone referred me to one of the local massage therapists and he treated me and, you know, in one treatment I got substantial change and I just oh, wow. literally, I literally fell in love with it there and then. That was yeah. it. And then yeah. I, I just said to myself, um, this is what I want to do. And, you know, 30 years later, here we are. Wow, so 30 years, that's awesome. Yep, 30 years this year it's been since I've been yeah, practising. So, yeah, I loved every moment of it. And so um, tell me about the kinds of people that you generally um, treat. Well. Like is it athletes or mainly? So part of my part of my practice or part of my clinic base is athletes and that rare yep. varies from, you know, just your grassroots um, right up to elite uh, Olympic athletes. Um, yep. You know, I've been lucky enough to to go to four Olympics and a Com Games. So obviously, wow. there's a substantial amount of work that I do with elite athletes. But yep. I don't just treat elite athletes. I treat grandmothers. I treat anyone. You know what I mean? Tradies, you name it. Yeah. All, all walks of life. Supermarket managers, bank managers. You know, whoever. Um, yep. So there, 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 there's. There's a bit of that, but I do love, and a big part of my practice is, is is obviously in performance, and that's obviously working with athletes. And I will say, runners keep me in business. <laughs> oh, they do. I can absolutely imagine. Yes. Oh, um, anything to do with running, Isabel? Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. obviously when you're talking about you know hockey, you run. You talk about football, you run. You soccer, rugby. Track running, endurance running, 
um, yeah. trail running, adventure racing, triathlon, you know, the list goes on and on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. And um, I, I would, I mean, I've had a number of injuries over the years and not necessarily from um, poor training, but um, no. from just the impacts of, of running. I mean, it's hard oh. on the body, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I say, look, if, if you want a demographic in terms of what I see a lot of, and and, and I would absolutely 100% say middle-aged women that are yep. new to running. Uh, okay, there you go. So they, they start off, they've like, they become empowered, you know, they start yep. running, which is great, you know, they go, oh, I can run 2Ks, then I can run 4, then I can run 6, and then I can run 12, and then it's like, oh, I want to do a half marathon, and then it's, oh, then I want to do a marathon. Well, it's usually yep. about, you know, little way into training for that marathon that um, yeah. they start, it all goes pear-shaped. So the Achilles, yeah. knee, the whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, what what sort of um, modalities, when you're talking massage, what does that actually involve? Right. Well, this is where I suppose it might be a little bit different. What I do, and, and not that it's unique in what that I do, I suppose it's just the fact that I've been practising long enough and working with athletes. For yeah. me, it's all about looking at my athletes move okay um so i can learn a lot from athletes and they move yeah. especially track athletes um and sprinters and so forth but it's it, it is predominantly all hands-on work a lot of the work that i do with athletes is twofold one is yeah. probably just your normal deloading stuff that you probably go and get done all the time you know just yeah. freshen the legs up because of the you know amount of chaos that you put in your 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 legs that week um, that's right yeah and then there's the other side of it, which I call performance, which is more about, okay, whereabouts are the main restrictions in this runner? And it does vary from runner to runner because, you know, obviously we all have the same anatomy, but sometimes that anatomy works differently for everyone. So sometimes you all mm. have runners who have predominantly uh, hip issues, some have predominantly knee issues, some have ankle issues, and some have all of the above and more. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and then, and then once again, it's the distance, you know, and just, you know, you're talking about endurance runners and then you're also talking about um, power and strength runners. So obviously, you know, the small sprinters and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. they're, they're all come in different forms and, and they need different things. So, so mine's predominantly a lot of hands-on work. I also developed a, a special hip protocol um, for um, a lot of soft tissue restrictions that build up in and around the hip themselves, which was... Yeah. A long journey over, like I said, 30 years. A lot of it was to do with working with um, uh, Olympic athletes and so forth. But you know, I apply that protocol to any runner that walks through the door. That's my that's my starting point right there. Yeah, yep. The hips, basically. Yeah, the hips. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The feet are also really important as well. But for me, yep. the hips are a crucial area. And is that uh, why is that? Is that because that's where sort of the the impact forces generally travel to, or is it because yeah. people aren't strong enough in that area, or what is well, it? Well, yeah, yeah. There's a bit of all of that. I mean, look, one of the things that that also gets what really mystifies me is the, the whole strength component, you know. And and absolutely, mm. you have to. And if you're new to running, you need to build strength. You know, I mean, yes. but you also. You also need to keep in mind that your acute workload and your chronic workload are obviously in nuisance. And acute meaning what you've been doing recently, chronic mm. means what you've been doing for the last six months. So, you know, if you've only been running six Ks, 
you know, every week for, you know, maybe three times, three or four times a week. You're not all of a sudden mm. just going to go out and just start running 50Ks. Do you know what I mean? It's just ludicrous. Yeah, exactly. They don't yeah. match up. And that's that's probably where your biggest risk of injury. But um, for me, the hip is important because usually you'll find the impact goes, so, well, first you, you hit the ground, impact goes obviously up the leg and yeah. then obviously goes and transfers through into the hip itself. And also it controls the amount of stride that you have as well. So you build strength usually over time. It's like anything yeah. that you do that you, your body adapts to. So when you first start playing soccer, your body's got to adapt to that. So it gets sore for a while until it gets used to it. And that's the same with running. Yeah. But every now and then, if you do too much um, and you don't allow your body the opportunity to either recover or adapt to that, that's when little indiscrepancies start to happen. And they always tend to happen for me in and around the hips. So you'll start to get an imbalance between certain muscles. And so one muscle will get really tight, which then inhibits the other muscle. So it doesn't weaken it, it just inhibits it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's important to identify those and that's where I work from that, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. So um, <clears throat> can you tell my listeners what are the most common injuries that you see amongst runners? Well, it's definitely knees. More than likely, yeah. it's patella, patella tracking issues to start with. Yeah. Throwing some eye to you know, the iliotibial band stuff. Mm, yeah. Uh, so, I'm, yeah, it resonates with you. Can't yeah. run through iliotibial band issues, can you? No, Spirit. you can't. No, you can't. I'm sure you've tried. Yeah. It's not ideal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've tried to run through... It's yeah. a stress fracture, but that never worked yeah. either. <laughs> and then, yeah, probably more so in the younger athletes as well. That's where stresses also come in, stress reactions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's quite nasty. And then let's throw in tendon overuse injuries as well. Yeah. So Achilles, patella tendon, and then obviously they're not, you know, obviously the hip's a big part of that as well. So, yeah. so for me, they're myriad. There's, you know, the worst ones for, for runners are tendon overuse injuries because they're not the ones that just <laughs> automatically get you know, mm. resolved really quickly. They're, they're usually pretty shit out. They're usually quite temperamental, and yeah. unfortunately, sometimes people cook them. Oh, what do you mean by cook them? So, it usually means that they've gone beyond, uh, above and beyond, um, mm -hmm. in terms of the therapeutic management of it. Which basically means, here's an example: they start off, they only get a little bit of pain in their Achilles, and then it usually yeah. just drops off as they run, and then afterwards, there's mm. nothing. Okay. Then it progresses to they get a little bit of pain when they start and then it progresses for, you know, maybe halfway through the run and then it drops off and then there's nothing afterwards. Mm. Then it goes to I've got pain when I start, all the way I run, and then it aches like a bugger afterwards. Now, that's not good. And then mm. continuing to run on that and then maybe taking medication and then running on top yeah. of that. So by yeah, the time which is why get, I'm not big on taking medication for yeah. those sorts of things. Yeah. And then by the time you make it into my clinic, you're cooked. Yeah, it's not and can you? I mean, I know you say they're cooked, but can you help those kinds of people? You can, you can help them. You have to deload them, yeah. So they have yep. to start deloading. They will not respond to rest. Mm. They actually need load, but they need the right amount of load. So they can't have too much load, and then they can't yep. have too little load as well. So that's where tendon um, tendon rehab programs are enormously important like enormously important and that's not my yeah. area of expertise that's why i have physio colleagues who are brilliant and experts in that and so yeah. i i usually if they've cooked themselves i flick them to that and then i will just tip my bucket in 
um, with them. Usually I'll, ha- I'll end up having to do some work through their hips and stuff like that anyway. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, yeah, it's a nasty condition. It's the one – It's look, it's the one that can be career-ending um, yeah. for certain athletes um, because, yeah, for some I people, mean, at the best of times, tendons are notoriously slow to heal anyway. Oh, so. uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Talk to any elite um, athlete, track runner, whatever. Of course, somewhere along the line in their career, whether it be junior mm. or even, even in their, their latter years, they'll have had some sort of Achilles or tendon issue somewhere along the line for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we talk about the robust, the robust and the fragile athletes, you know. I mean, I'm sure yeah. you've got like your some of your podcast um listeners will be, you know, oh I do all these Ks and I'm always injured. And then there'll be others who say, I I don't have any issues. I don't understand yeah. why you always get so you know, you can sort of put them in two different um two different categories, you know, in terms of them some athletes just being more robust. And then mm. others who don't, and maybe some of that's to do with their background. Have they are they new to running, or have they got a long history of running as well? Is it also to do with like just the way your body is made up, like the the yep. genetics, the way your bones and angles and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, Isabel. Genetics is a massive part of it. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I remember that. You know, like I worked at Geelong Football Club for eight years, and I remember there were some players who were always frigging injured, and then there was others who yeah. did the exact same thing. And never had really issues. Some of them didn't even stretch. <laughs> Just doesn't seem fair. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound fair as well. But that's, but that's. I mean, I think that's that's once again, it's a rule for all is not the case. It's yes. not always the case, you know. And your your listeners will, you know, I'm sure if they chat to each other or they're on other forums and so forth, you know, they'll already be aware that some things work for others and they don't work for uh, for for the all. Yeah. Yeah. So what can runners do to try to avoid um, getting injured and, and what are some of the things they can do for their hips and, and, and that sort of stuff? Uh, well, great question. Well, from my point of view, obviously, massage is pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, So that just regular massage before you actually feel something really bad? Yeah, just keeping on top of it. And once again, mm. some, I have I have runners that come and see me once a week. I have runners that come and see, see me fortnightly and I have runners that come and see me May once once a month, maybe even longer. So yeah. once again, it's different for everyone. So and, and I sit down and I, I talk to them. I say, you let me know what you need because you let me know how your body feels. Mm. So, you know, if they start to get really, really loaded and you get quite sluggish and you, you just feel like you're working harder than you should be, that's mm. usually a fair indication that, you know, the byproduct of training and running is muscle tension. And if somebody's just assimilate really well to it, they get rid of it well, others actually need treatment. And massage is awesome for it. Yeah. Um, and look, the, the, probably the, one of the most important things is recovery. Give your yes, body definitely. enough time to recover. You know, the difference between a lot of amateur and elite athletes really is, okay, yeah, the training, definitely, you know, they've got more time, they dedicate themselves to the nutrition, they do this, they do that, but they nail their recovery. They nail it. Yeah. They understand that if I run this day, that I'll do this the next day and I'll do that the next day, then I can do this. Whereas... Yeah. Sometimes, you know, with more amateur and people who who run just for the love and for the fitness of it, don't necessarily do that recovery. They just tend to get sucked Keep down the, the rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. So recovery is a big is a big one for me. Yeah. No, I have to admit, I'm really big on recovery too. I think it's highly underrated, but incredibly important. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Your, your music yeah. to my ears, then. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's a part of training. Um, the way it I is. see it, it's actually, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah I, look, and, and absolutely. Like when you look at now, I mean, this is an interesting, I might, I might segue a bit here, but I treat a lot mm. of uh, figure models and bodybuilders now. Yeah. And now these these people are they're insane what they do what they yeah. eat their training they are absolutely dedicated to it, but when you talk to these people and you you work out how dedicated they are to what they do nutritionally like they're nutritional wizards you know and they know mm. how much mm. they're taking of this that and so forth but the other thing that they nail incredibly well and when they talk about their training is they know exactly how to recover. Because if yeah. they don't recover properly, they don't get the benefit or the stimulus or the growth that they mm. need. So, yeah. you know, it's it's incredibly important when you're seeing people who are trying to shape their bodies in, I mean, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but with what they do and what they have to do and what they want to achieve, recovery is everything for them. And if they don't recover, they don't get the gains. It's as simple yeah. as that. That's right, yeah. So runners can learn a lot from all, all sports, really. Oh, definitely, yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I guess the mistakes you see runners making is um, increasing load too quickly and um, not recovering enough. Is that basically what, you're, absolutely. what you think? Yeah, like, like the majority, yeah. absolutely. And that's the, greatest, that's the greatest environment for injury as far as I'm concerned. That's yeah. when the niggles yeah. start to get in. You ignore the niggle, the niggle mm. becomes more consistent, then it goes – then it moves from – so the difference too is also that a lot of runners and a lot of athletes don't understand. There's a difference between soreness and there's a difference between pain. Yeah. Now, soreness you can run through, pain you can't. So yeah. when something's really painful, you literally can't run through it. It's not good, okay? So yeah. you've got to recognize if your soreness is starting to increase and it's becoming more consistent, then that's when you really need to be doing something about it. Before it becomes painful, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and not, and not just using anti-inflammatories or whatnot to mask oh, the pain. God. God, no, no, yeah. no. You can pain is any... sending you a message. Yep. Yes, correct. So there's a time and a place for your anti-inflammatories, mm. don't get me wrong. Yes. You know, I mean, you're seeking treatment, you're getting help, but you want to break the cycle of inflammatory, you know, the inflammatory cycle, yes. then they do help. That's what they do, and that's what they're used for. But if yep. you're just using the, the only thing that you're treating – and managing your condition is by taking anti-inflammatories. It's it's not a good place. It's yeah. not a good place. No. Yeah, that's fair enough. So, what sort of general maintenance, other than massage or prehab, can, or yeah, prehab or strengthening? What can runners do? Well, you know, for me, I'm not obviously I'm not a strength and conditioning coach from a no. runner's point of view, but there are lots of. So, once again, it, it depends on the type of running that you do do. Do you know what I mean? So, if you're endurance yeah. runners, you know, I mean, once again, are you running? You know, what sort of endurance running are you doing? Are you doing it over trail? Um, you know, are you doing yeah. like are you doing fifty k? You're doing hundred k? You're doing marathon? Yeah. You're doing it on road? All that sort of stuff. All of those are different because. Um, once again, your body has to adapt and it has to have the right circumstances to adapt to that as well. So, I mean, I have, I have runners that do all sorts of different things. Some of them, are they, they dedicate their strength and conditioning by just doing Pilates, yep. um, stuff like that. Some of them actually have personal trainers that are directly um, work towards making them stronger um, yep. from strength and conditioning by just working with runners. That's all they do. Um, yep. And then you then you you've also got um, you know other exercise physiologists who who do a lot of like general strength and conditioning for, for runners as well. So strength and conditioning plays a big part, but once again, it depends on what sort of running that you do do. 
Um, yeah. So, you know, my sprinters do completely different strength and conditioning programs than my insurance runners. It's completely different. Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah. Because, um, you know, sprinters are power, you know, they're, they're, they're power and strength athletes, you know, whereas endurance are, you know, they're not. They're, they're all about endurance. So they still need power and so forth, but they don't necessarily need the same sort of power that a strength and um, a, um, a sprinter needs. Yeah. Yeah. So we were talking before we started <clears throat> recording um, that in regards to the coronavirus, many massage therapists will be uh, closing up for a little while. So yeah. if if athletes can't get a massage for three to four weeks, maybe more, hopefully less, um, what what can they do instead? They- they, they, well, they, they will be lucky enough at some stage, very, very soon, to go to my YouTube channel and show. <laughs> I can show you how to massage yourselves. <laughs> um, there you go. Which is, yep. which is, which is actually something that's been on the agenda for quite a while. But obviously, this has brought it to the to the head, if you like. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, it's it's. There's no doubt, obviously, stretching will help, but in terms of muscle tension and muscle tension building, the mm. best way to get rid of that muscle tension is massage. And the good thing is you actually you, you have access to your own legs with your hands. That's a great thing. Yes, it's like, that's right. It's not like I'm working with, you know, we're talking about working with upper limb athletes like javelin throwers and, you know, yeah. how can you massage your shoulders? That's really difficult. <laughs> great difficulty, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the idea is that you can do, there's a lot of massage. Even the YouTube channel that you know, I have with um Premax, which is a massage yep. cream that I sport, you know, we have a we have okay, a huge yeah. we have a huge amount of video on there. Just yep. really general yeah, I've stuff. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. For a lot of athletes who um, just want to do general work on each other as well, so there's no doubt that you can do work on each other. It's not yep. rock science stuff, you know. Deloading is just really broad contact, make big broad contact with the muscle, make it longitudinal to the muscle. And you do it repetitively and you'll be surprised. It's not about digging in. It's not about creating oh, okay. pain at all. So creating, <laughs> if you're creating pain, then you're going too hard, trust me. That's what Because um, I find, yeah, when you get a really painful massage, it actually, well, you tense up. Yep. Spot on. You do, Isabel. Mm. That's exactly mm. right. And then you're tensing up. Then they work even harder on you. So <laughs> you're actually now fighting me. Yeah. So, yes, um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I treat a lot of I, I treat a lot of a lot of young junior elite athletes. Um, so once again they suffer from a lot of severs. I don't know if you're familiar with severs. Yes, I know severs, yep. Yep. So, you know, once again the management of that is really, really simple from the point of view from what I do is and, and that is just about general, really broad massage, deloading the calves as much as you can so that you give the environment where it attaches onto the back of the heel every yeah. chance not to be excessively tugged on. Um, yeah. And then usually we just rock tape it and, you know, and then we manage their load. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. What do you think about, you know, um, I know you talked about self-massage, but what about like, you know, um, rollers and that? Do, do you see a benefit in those? Because I've heard mixed reports. Yeah, I'm not a massive fan of rollers, to be yeah, honest. Neither am I, but yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, go for it. I mean, someone's made a lot of money out of uh, rolling. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Good luck to them. That's great. Um, but I will say this, especially in and around the hips, especially the, the glute muscles, you like getting a tennis ball yeah. or a spiky ball or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say I use a spiky ball if I'm yep. going to use yep. anything. Yep. yep. 
So in and around the hips, you'll probably find specific areas, maybe yeah. in a, you know, around the side of your hips and your glutes and so forth, getting up against a wall and just working those trigger point areas. Yeah. That, that's pure gold. That, that's yeah. cool. You can do that absolutely 100%. Um, but as far as foam rolling, I mean, oh, man, you know, if yeah. you think you're going to get rid of muscle tension by foam rolling, I'd be out of work. And I'm, I'm, ha- <laughs> I'm happy to be out of work if that was the case, if it was that easy. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. and honestly, massage works. It just works brilliantly for it. That's, um, yeah. that's, that's one thing I know, and deep in my heart, I know that. And most athletes, if they've had any experience to it, will know that. They'll foam roll them, yes. and they'll come in. And, and I get it all the time, you know, my athletes, you know, and especially, obviously, it's the runners, you know, they go, they just don't get the same thing with a roller that I do with mm. you, Stu, you know. So they get off the yeah. table and go, oh, my God, yep, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm back to square one again. I'm reset. I'm ready to go again. Yes. So, Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. No, that's that's great. So, is there anything in particular that you would like my listeners to know or understand? Um, yeah, massage is good for you. Good for runners. <laughs> do not yep. do not let things get cooked. There's the main thing. So, the earlier yep. you start to get consistent soreness, please, please, please do yourself yep. a favour and have it seen to because soreness yep. is is so easy to treat as opposed to pain. Pain, we have to then work back on the environment. We usually have to deload it, and usually it's it's a longer recovery or resolution. Yeah. So you really need to be. So mindful. this whole "I'm tough, I can run through it" is actually yeah. Not yeah, smart. There, there's time and place for for that. You know, if you're yeah. racing and da da da, and yeah, yeah, and then you, I'll deal with the ramifications at the end of it. But That's you right. know, if you're talking about training and and so forth, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and hopefully your programs are written properly for you as that's well. That's right, yep. I mean, that's a big part of it. Like injuries happen because the body doesn't adapt, because you've taken out, you've taken them outside the ability for them to adapt to the stress that you've given them, and now they're telling you, we've gone too far. Yeah. So yeah. listen to your body, recover, get some massage, um, and definitely try and get your acute and chronic workload and make sure your programs are right. Yeah, looking yeah. after yourself, you know. I mean, running is a great – it's a great activity, you know. I mean, Yeah, endorph- it's awesome. The endorphins yeah. you get off the back of it, I mean, I – don't get me wrong here and I hope I don't offend anyone, but, you know, some of my runners, you know, they come in they go, mate, running's better than sex. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I worry about what sex you're having then. But, that's, um, that's what I was going to say. Maybe they're yeah, not yeah. doing it right. <laughs> but, 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 but at the same time um, – you know, you become it's like any exercise, you the, the byproduct of exercise is the endorphin rush, yes. you know, and then yeah. you know, you expose your body enough to that endorphins rush, and then you crave it, you know. And yeah, like, well, and that's why running is so addictive, and hence why we run through injuries. That's exactly right, because your body is craving <laughs> that, and you go, Oh no, I've got to go run, and then yeah. the guilt gets in, Oh my god, I didn't. Mm. And then I'm on, oh my God, I'm not getting fitter, and you know, yeah. and then it's that whole mad cycle, and before you know it, yes. you're injured. And, like, and, and then and the you really thing, can't run. No, and overtraining, you know, let's look mm. at pitfalls of overtraining. So if you're not actually feel like that you're running better, that you feel worse after you run, yeah. uh, you're right, your appetite drops off, you're starting yeah. to get more and more niggles, that's a classic sign of overtraining. Yeah, definitely. You know? yeah. Um, so that's, that's about really about listening to your body as well. Yeah, and that's where um, – a correctly structured program really comes into it as well, doesn't it? Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you all have to start running somewhere. So somewhere on the long, along the line, it, yeah. it probably goes wrong somewhere because the nature of humans are is that we will probably try and push the boundaries at some degree. Yes. You know, yeah. it doesn't always work out pristine, does it, Isabel? So, yeah, no. And once yeah. again, like, you know, if we do get it wrong, then we've got to learn from it. We've got to say, well, I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to make sure that I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that doesn't. But the nature of running is that you will you will definitely get niggles. You'll get muscle tension. Yes, get, yes that's uh, right. It's just uh, managing it. Yeah, it is about managing it. And, and mm-hmm. also maybe the other thing is as well, if you've had some time off from running, Mm. and then you come back to it, that's also probably the most precarious phase as well. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, unfortunately a lot of people get injured off off the back of some rest. Yeah, so like, yeah, if they've gone away for a holiday and they can't get runs in and that sort of thing yep. and then they come back and just go back to their old program. Bang. Yeah. And you know what? You'll probably get away with it for about a week, maybe two, and <laughs> yeah. then it's like, oh, my God, I've got uh, this or I've got yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, and that's so it's where it's always starts. a gradual build up. Yeah. Always yeah. gradual build up. Yeah. Now you were also talking before um that you rock tape um some of your clients. And what do you see as the benefits of rock tape? Well, without going too in depth, and once again, this is mm. a highly debated area in, in, yeah. in our in our world, sports medicine and all that sort of stuff. And some go, yeah. And I was highly skeptical about it as well. And so I obviously had to have my own epiphanies with it as well. Yes. But really all the tape does is it does nothing about activation, it does nothing about strength. All it does is deloads the tissue. Yeah. So yeah. when you apply that, if you're gonna apply it onto a body part, the idea is that you put the body part on stretch. You yeah. then you also put a significant amount of stretch on the tape itself on a stretched yeah. muscle. So by the time when you relax the muscle, then there's a recoil factor on the tape. So all it does yeah. is it lifts and offloads um, the tissue underneath. So uh-huh. if you've got an area that's being highly stressed all the time, all you're doing is you're deloading it. And the longer yeah. the tape is on, the more deloading you get. So you're providing an environment of deloading. And it's yeah. such it's just subtle. So it doesn't restrict movement. It doesn't yeah. restrict blood flow. In fact, it encourages more blood flow by lifting. Um, and, and it also deloads those structures. Um, yeah. And the longer you leave it on, the better you, you get for it. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and look, there's always going to be some sort of placebo effect. I'm going to put this tape on you, so therefore yeah. that's going to make me feel better. There will oh, be some I- and I think there's nothing wrong with the placebo effect, to be honest. I think it's great. No, I don't, I don't, I don't care if you pray to the devil and you get a placebo yeah, effect. That's if, right. Whatever works for you, go for it, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, yeah, and I see that all the time, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm, I, I really, I re- once again, with, you know, when I talked about the hips before, one of the things is, you know, and I, and I, I can't even begin to tell you how excited I get when I get an athlete come in and they've got some restricted hips. I just get really, because <laughs> I'm like, that's my baby. And, yeah. um, and I never preempted. I never talked to them about it. I just, I'd say, okay, all right, let's not, that's interesting. Well, let me do some work around your hips and let's see what mm. we can do for you. And that's all I say. I don't yeah. pre program them. I don't tell them, hey, I'm going to do some amazing things on your hip. I don't. I just, I, you know, I go about, I, you know, I do, I go through my protocol, I unlock the hip, blah, blah. I get yeah. up, you know, they get up. By the time they get to the, um, uh, to the reception area, they're like, oh my God, what have you done to my hips? You know, like <laughs> and then they try and, the funny thing is, that what they do is they then try and convince me 
yeah. how they're feeling through their hips. They're like, you can't believe how well I said. No, no, <laughs> I'm pretty You're sure like, I know. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, placebo has its place. Um, mm. For me, I, I like to hold back on that placebo if I need to, if I really need yes. to see what's happening with that, with that athlete and, and work yeah. out, you know, is this more in their head? Because also there's what they call the Hawthorne effect as well, and that's where – you know, your, your clients want to please you because you've done something for them. Ah, oh, okay. I didn't know that was called the Hawthorne effect, but okay, yeah. 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 Oh, don't quote me on it. I'm pretty sure it is called the Hawthorne effect, and it's like, yeah. you, know, you know, people wanting to please other people because they've done yeah. a gesture for them. So, you know, yeah, okay, yeah. I know your calf's been hurting, so I'll massage it for it. So, And then I say, right, now how does your calf feel? And they just want to – they want you to feel good. So they go, yeah, it's, it's great. It feels wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, but hopefully, hopefully, maybe they are like it really does. No. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, mm. Mm. yeah. No, people will go, no, it's, it tastes, it, it, it actually it feels shit, Stu. <laughs> people will be honest. Yeah, <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, because I'm sure you can't help every single thing. I mean, sometimes you have to try different ways of working on it. I'm guessing. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Once yeah. again, not one rule applies to all. Yeah, there is yeah. Uh, there is a majority rule that I call it, but. Um, I treat every client that walks through the door differently. Absolutely, yeah. you know. I don't care if you're, you know, you're, yep, you're a runner. I go, okay, so uh, no, I don't know if you've fallen off a horse when you were six or seven, or yeah, you've been a, right. yeah. when you've been in a motor vehicle accident, or you sit all day as yeah. opposed to you stand all day, or you're all different. You you are yeah. all different. So, I my approach is always going to be different for everyone. I might have some similarities. Yes, um, yeah. you will all move differently. You will all run differently, believe it or not. Yeah. Some of you yeah. are full strikers, some of you are toe runners, some of you some of you are hybrids, some of you kick your legs out, some of you run quad yes. dominant, some run, you know, like some run forward, some run back, you know, like it's you're all different. There's there's no doubt about it. But I love that. I love the fact yeah. that you're all different. I I love working with um, athletes of all shapes and sizes. Yeah. Makes it interesting. <clears throat> Well, imagine if you all came in and you were the same height, same yeah. weight, same this, same that. It'd be boring now. Yeah, yeah very much so. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah, no, I want to run 100 Ks. No, I only want to do 100, <laughs> you know, like 100 <laughs> as opposed yeah. to 100 kilometers, you know. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for um, talking with me today. Um, how can, once you're back you know, working again. Um, yep. How can people get in contact with you and, you know, coming to see you? Uh, well, I'm in Geelong, so I don't know where. Ah. So, um, well, there might be some people in Geelong. You never know. You never know. I'm sure um, there are some. Yeah. Um, look, if you just – I'm sure if you just put Stuart Hines into the Google bar, you'll, I'm sure you'll yep. be able to find me. I'm quite prominent on um, on the online world. So, yeah, um, I, there, I noticed that. There is a there is a <laughs> – throat singer in america so i'm not that person all right oh okay there you go yeah <laughs> and um, what about sure. your youtube channel what's and that's Stuart uh, Hines as well yeah stewardhines.com and and it, look if you want to have a look at some of the stuff on premax we've got a i've got a high volume of stuff there as well and yeah yeah so i do a lot a lot of mentoring for um for therapists so that's that's my um that's where i put my 10 cents worth and also the general public as well yeah but um yeah, yeah. So I help. I um, hopefully I help um, other therapists be awesome at what they do. Excellent. All right. Well, once again, thank you very much, and I really appreciate your time. Hey, be injury free, Isabel. <laughs> yep, that's the aim. Thanks. My pleasure. Bye.
A big takeaway for me was that Stuart does not think massage rollers are the best alternative for massage. Spiky balls are much more effective. I have to agree. I find them really effective whenever I've had shin pain or quad pain or they're really good for getting into the glutes. However, in this time of COVID-19, anything is better than nothing. So if what you've got is a massage roller, then use that. Uh, but as of the moment, massage therapists for remedial massage are coming back. So hopefully you can get a real massage soon. Uh, I have put where Stuart can be found in the show notes. I hope you are coping well with the quarantine. These are difficult times. Keep up your training to ensure you are healthy both physically and mentally. If you're thinking of getting coaching for your next race or adventure, because like I say, the races will come back and you want to be ready, shoot me an email at isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au. I know, as I always say, that it feels like things will never return to normal, but before you know it, this will become a memory and races will start up again. You don't want to be behind the eight ball and have to work on your base from scratch. A well-planned program will ensure you are ready to get race ready. We can work together to help you reach your goals and be the fittest, happiest runner you can be. Please don't forget to get on over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review and subscribe too. Thanks for your support. Stay safe, look after your loved ones and have a great week of training. Remember, we are all in this together.